guys. I'm Ethan Woodworth. I'm back again with another episode of the Stoic Stopping Podcast. So I just wanted to begin this by saying I just shot 30 minutes of a podcast episode and I haven't been able to speak and it's literally been bad. I've been like mumbling over my words and I can't get my ideas out. I'm all over the place and this is what happened two weeks ago and it's just it's just been and it's been and it's been a pretty big creative block i just haven't been able to come up with ideas and it sucks and i i'm assuming every kind of creative person goes through this i'm not saying i'm creative but you know what i mean every person that tries to create art try to create a business something they're going to run into these roadblocks where it sucks and nothing's coming to your mind and nothing's working. And this is what I'm in right now. And I'm literally just going to try to shoot this one raw without many cuts because I just get in my head so much and I'm just way too self-critical about what I'm saying, I think, and it, it freaks me out. And this is ironic because the, the topic for this episode today is going to be anxiety and fear. And I wanted to do this topic because two weeks ago, I obviously didn't, I couldn't come up with anything and I shot like an hour of footage for a podcast, re-listened to it and it just, it wasn't clicking and it didn't sound good. The ideas didn't, didn't sound like they would resonate with anybody and I just built up all this self-question of just like, this sucks, your ideas are bad get rid of this whole thing. Why are you even shooting a podcast? And I hate that. I hate that self-talk. And I hate that alter ego. And it's something that I need to manage. And I want to talk about practical techniques to manage that alter ego because sometimes it ruins my, my days. It ruins my mornings. And I've read many techniques to get over this self-doubt and to get over this this alter ego, I'll call it. So I just want to share some of those on the podcast. Maybe I can re-listen to this and whatever I'm saying, I just need to dig it into this brain and get rid of all this self-doubt and all this fear and this fear of failure and the fear of not being good enough and not having the most articulate, coherent podcast out there. So my little guiding tool today is going to be a book I read last year. It is Matthew McConaughey's book called Green Lights, and I'm a big Matthew McConaughey fan. I got an Interstellar poster back here. He was the lead role in that, and I didn't realize how much of a cool and adventurous guy he was. There are so many stories from his book in here that just genuinely made me laugh, which is tough to do. I don't laugh at media very much. TV shows, movies, books, they don't really make me laugh, but McConaughey got me. When I originally read it, I annotated it a good bit. And this is the book that I opened up when I couldn't spit any words out last podcast because he dealt with the same stuff. As an aspiring actor, as an aspiring family member, he's dealt with these same roadblocks. And his his book is just kind of about getting past them. That's why he calls it green lights, moving past the red lights and the yellow lights and get, getting in the flow state and just moving. That's what Matthew talks about. That's what I want to talk about because I, more than anyone, need to know how to control that and hit some green lights. So with that little background, 
I'm going to open this with a quote from Matthew. We all have the feeling when we're on frequency, when our relationships are going well, with our career, ourselves, our God. We're in the flow. We're not going too fast. When the flow of traffic in our lane and our zone, what we give out to the world is returned to us. And this quote hits home for me because I think a lot of times I'm in the flow and I'm in the frequency that he's speaking of, but I don't even realize it because it's just so good and I don't have any self-doubt. I don't have any anxiety or fear. And when you're on that road, sometimes you, you just don't realize it because it's so good. There's nothing to complain about. Life just feels correct and it feels like you're getting check marks at every point of the way. But obviously that, that doesn't last forever and it's inevitable that you're going to come upon some red lights and some yellow lights. So that's why he adds here at the very end. But that doesn't last forever and we get in a rut. We're off frequency. My prime analogy for this is if, if you're an athlete or you just like to work out, like to do whatever, and you never realize when your body feels great and you take it for granted when you don't have any nagging injuries, no, you don't have a jammed finger, a sprained knee, tailbone, you just feel good. Everything is, is flowing and no one ever sits down at the end of the day and says, wow, like my body, this is excellent. I've never felt this good. And then on the flip side of that, it's then when you do get injured, it's like, I can't imagine how bliss life would be if my arm would just heal and I could actually grip a football and throw it. Life would be amazing. And <laughs> you don't realize that until until obviously the red light hits and you get hurt and you get injured, which happens. It's life. And it's what happened to me. I injured my knee and that alter ego would come up and it's just like, it's telling me you're not good enough. This recovery is going to be too hard for you. No, like this this yellow light is here to stay and you're never hitting any more greens ever again. I didn't want to go to PT and do mobility exercises and do range of motion exercises and have to relearn how to practically walk and run. That just felt like too much for me. And at times it was, it felt like this hurdle was was way too big. It's similar to waking up in the morning. This happens to me a lot, going to the gym, getting the workout done feels like climbing the biggest mountain and I seriously don't know if I can do it. I ask myself, I I don't know. I think I will pass out. I think I will fall asleep on the wheel going to the gym. That is how terrible I feel. But that's just that self-talk and that ego getting to you. All that ego wants you to do is hop right back in bed with the warm blankets, everything situated perfectly why mess up your your nice bed and get out and go to the cold, cruel world? It's hell out there. Do not do it. And that's where alter ego comes in and I get that practically every day. And it's a decision that I have to make. Do I want to do this? And I'm making that same decision right now, shooting this podcast, as I need to get over this fear of failure. I need to just do it. So that's kind of what it's like to get off frequency. In this same kind of excerpt Matthew goes on to say to not put pressure on what you want just get rid of the stuff that we know isn't feeding our true selves by process of elimination those people places things and habits that give us a proverbial hangover the next day and 
I like that term proverbial hangover. I had to search what proverbial meant. And it's not obviously a literal hangover. It's not saying you drink too much alcohol and now you feel like shit. It's just saying any activity that the next day or any person, any place, insert there, that makes you question yourself and say, is this correct? Just kind of like a, the grogginess of thinking about it. Just like, uh, I don't know if if I should be with this person. They don't make me feel very good. I don't know if if this place is where I should be. It doesn't seem like like it's for me. That is what the proverbial hangover is. And to me, this ties into obviously anxiety and fear again because all those external things are just going to feed off that anxiety and fear and just add to it infinitely. And my one example for this is it's ironic because it is it creates a literal hangover is alcohol. And I've drank alcohol. I'll say it on here openly. I don't really care. I've drank alcohol. I don't really care. But it makes me physically and mentally feel like shit. Mentally because I just don't feel connected to the people around me or with myself. I don't feel in tune. I feel a lot in tune and in control when I'm in my sober state. And I like being that way. And I like being able to control everything. And obviously alcohol makes you let loose a little bit. And physically, the next day I do have a legit hangover and my body does feel like shit and my mind is moving slow. And I don't like that. And I don't, if, if you don't like that, if it gives you that proverbial hangover or literal hangover, whatever you want to say, I'm just going to eliminate it. And I tried to drink recently again, but it just it wasn't for me. It, it was the same thing. And I just want to eliminate it because like like it says here, just get rid of the stuff that we know isn't feeding our true selves. Doesn't feel like my true self, so why the hell should I do it? And that's kind of the conclusion I've come to with that. So that's one of the things that I'm going to eliminate and hopefully get rid of some of that anxiety and fear. My second example here that I've eliminated was my job. I had a job over the summer at Stone Creek and I learned a ton. I learned a lot about the ins and outs of the restaurant industry. I learned about working with coworkers, some of them that you may not even like or get along with. And that was great. It's something that I'll never take back. But when I quit, it was one of those things like, I know that this is the right decision. The mental toll that it had on me day in and day out, it was becoming counterproductive. And it was just making me, even though I was getting a paycheck, even though I was working and my parents are proud of me and it was rewarding, it just got to the point of like, this, this is, I've had enough. I've seen what the restaurant industry is like, but I'm sick of busing all 25 tables in here alone, sweating my ass off. I think I've had enough. And that's what I did. And I hung it up and I decided to move on from it. Obviously, yeah, you can, you can maybe take that and spin it and say, oh no, you're a quitter. Like you quit, you just conform to that alter ego. But I see this one as more like, I was just eliminating a place that was that was giving me too much anxiety and it was crossing this threshold of like accomplishment because I wasn't getting anywhere. I'm just doing the same thing every day, washing the same dishes, talking to the same soccer moms complaining about the table they got every day. So this process that I outlined of maybe just eliminating those things, people, places around you to create less fear and less anxiety in your life. I think it will especially come in handy going to college and beyond. 
specifically for me as I go to college because I'm going to be given all the freedom in the world. I can do whatever I want. No one's telling me I can't wake up at 2 o'clock, skip all my classes, and get Fs on all my tests. I can do it if I want. I'm not probably not going to, but if I really, really wanted, no one's stopping me. So that's why I think there's a lot of opportunity to lose track of who you are and lose track of those ideals that you're holding currently because of all that freedom you're given. So just kind of cognizing this going into college can keep that fresh. You won't lose track of yourself. A little side topic here. I want to talk about Buddhism a little bit. And I, I like talking about religion on here. I've talked about religion a good bit. But I have I recently read, I didn't finish it. I'm still like halfway through. It's a Buddhism book. And it just kind of goes through the main core beliefs of Buddhism. And what really resonated with me was just their total emphasis on living in the moment. And it's obviously easier said than done. Like living in the moment, they would agree that that's the proper thing to do. Always live in the moment. It's kind of like a ultimatum that everybody just agrees with but obviously there's more to it to execute that and once again i think this ties into the anxieties and fears thing because living in the present excludes thinking about the future and thinking about the past which those two things are usually what leads to that anxiety and fear when i wake up in the morning go to the gym the reason i'm fearful and and anxious is because I'm looking towards the future. I don't know if this this next two hours, this block of hard work, sweat, I don't know if I can do that. And it's just me looking too forward. It's me looking too far ahead. And with that Buddhist philosophy, it's more like, okay, you just got out of bed, get, get your clothes on, go make your breakfast and just take those step by step and be present in what you're doing. Be present with the the peanut butter that you're putting on your toast, be present lacing up your sneakers and get your mind on what you're doing with your body. Don't be somewhere else way up here. Don't be somewhere else in your head thinking about how awful this is going to be, how cold it's going to be when you step outside because it's negative five out. Oh, it's just terrible because that's just given into that alter ego. That's given into that anxiety and fear. And I think that comes from just practicing over and over again, being in the present, being mindful, slowing your thought down, saying, okay, what am I doing currently? This is the task. Not this, not this thing that's two hours away. It's right here, right now. And that's why I've advocated slow thinking on here. And that's what I try to implement on a day-to-day basis is just slow thinking, methodical thinking. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And, and that's really going to limit the anxiety and fear in one's life. I found this especially true when I've meditated and I've really tried to pick up meditating ever since Teddy came on here and started advocating Wim Hof. I've been doing the Wim Hof method and I found it extremely, extremely positive and beneficial. If I'm really just chaotic with my thoughts and sporadic and fearful, I could sit down for 10 minutes and just become really in tune with my body and mind and understand that I'm in the present and I'm here right now. Don't worry about all this extra crap going on in the world. Don't worry about Russia, Ukraine. Just live here right now. Do what you can do. And that's what I've that's what I've taken away the most from meditating is just kind of reaching that state of tranquility and flow and just trying to hit those green lights 
and living in the present. So this last segment here I wanted to talk about, I guess I'm keeping this one short, I may as well, because my mouth is dry as shit, and I've been drinking water, but it just keeps getting drier. So so this last segment here I have titled Living an Adventurous Life, and reading Matthew's book, you just realize that he lives an adventurous life, and my biggest takeaway from the word adventurous, which many would assume is high adrenaline and traveling the world, exotic vacations. I think that's what most people would label as adventurous. And I'm not disagreeing. Those all sound super adventurous. And I'm always down for an adrenaline rush. But my takeaway from his adventures and just kind of me envisioning an adventurous life, I've come to the conclusion that adventure is relative. And No one adventure is greater than the other because we're all individuals on our own path, finding our own way. You know, maybe for someone, their adventure is finally stepping outside. They spend way too much time in their little cocoon inside playing video games. They love playing. It's just awesome. But they they realize, okay, I want to step outside. So they start going to their local parks and taking some hikes and going out in nature. Maybe that's someone's adventure. On the other side of that, maybe someone's an outdoorsman and they love being outdoors. It's just great. They cannot get enough. Their adventure is maybe going inside and playing a video game and trying something new. And that line there of trying something new, I think that's what makes up the adventurous lifestyle. It's always about finding that new thing and being a yes person. As Matthew said in his book, is, is if there's a new adventure, if there's a new thing, a new food, say yes try it out if you're in a new place if you're in a new country and you want to take a little side trip to a town say yes if a friend wants to go to a concert you've never even heard of this artist he sounds awful say yes anyway you don't need to say no and do the same old thing say yes try that new thing i know a lot of my viewers are going into college next year and this will be especially true just meeting new people and maybe going on some like side excursions to some weird restaurant on campus with a weird group of people. One of them has purple hair. This chick's the weirdest person you've ever met. Go anyway. I know it's going to be weird. Say yes, though. Go anyway. It'll be an adventure. And just trying that new thing, that's going to be, that's going to create that adventurous lifestyle. My favorite story from Matthew's adventures, and this one's kind of extravagant. And pretty crazy. Obviously, I'm not advocating anybody to do this, but it's just funny. <laughs> um, he was partying for 30 straight hours out at LA. He was on some acting gig. Not sure what they were doing, but 30 hours straight. That That's a heavy accomplishment. So it says here, he got home super late and uh, he had a bongo set, which I, I think are like mini drums. They're like an African style drum. I could have completely botched that but my guess would be an African-style drum. So (laughs) I don't know. I'll probably get corrected on that somewhere. But so he went home and he got on his bongos and he started playing them naked. And it's like three in the morning and he just wanted to vibe out to some beats. And two cops ended up rushing into his house and arresting him while he's just chilling on his bongos after 30 straight hours of partying naked. So that's when they dragged him outside 
and he's like kicking and screaming and they have him by the arms trying to detain him they, uh, they found some marijuana in his house so he's like getting some like possession charges probably they claim they had a noise complaint but the two cops just illegally rushed into his house and got matthew anyway but ended up going to court and matthew got the charges dropped and everything because it really wasn't legal what the cops did but I just think that's a pretty Matthew McConaughey story of just playing the bongos naked, getting arrested, got pulled out of his house, went to jail for the night, and that's an adventure. And he has plenty of those stories in his book if you want to check out more. So yeah, tying up this adventure section, I just want to hit back on adventure's relative. And there's no correct path for adventure. And that, that kind of comes back to maybe reserving judgment on other people. And someone may be further along their life journey than someone else. And that that's completely okay. Maybe a 24-year-old is leagues ahead of an 80-year-old of kind of finding himself and finding tr- who, who he truly is. And the 80-year-old is really struggling and he's, he's trying to find that adventure. But that's okay because it's all relative. And they're both trying their best to improve themselves. They're both trying the, their best to create the, the best life for them as possible. And that's kind of the beauty of life. And that's the beauty of adventure is there's no correct way. Choose your own way. Make it as best as you can. And if it doesn't work out, keep trying. So I'm going to end this here with my suggestions like I usually do. I kind of jumped over the place with this podcast. It was a This was a tough one to shoot once again. My creative genius is, is <laughs> kind of getting thrown out the window. I'm going through a lot of these roadblocks and red lights, yellow lights that Matthew talks about. But hopefully I still brought something to you viewers. Hopefully you could take something away from this. I sure as hell am going to listen to this again and try to take my own words and implement them in my life more. <laughs> so the first suggestion obviously matthew's book here green lights and i also have a second suggestion here i'm listening to a audiobook currently it's called spy the lie and spy the lie is created by two cia agents and they talk about how to perceive somebody when they're lying and they jump into like all the intricate ass steps of how to tell when someone's lying and how to kind of become a human lie detector if you can obviously there's no foolproof way to tell if somebody's lying because there are master deceivers out there and i'm not one of them but they do a really good job of explaining maybe how to get a leg up and how to read people a bit better and just improve your social interactions and possibly in the future when you have kids you can just easily tell if they're trying to trying to pull one on you And that's why I thought this book was just really cool. I'm into detective, spy, interrogation type stuff, criminology. And this is right up up that alley. So if you're into that type of stuff, really good audiobook, Spy the Lie. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to the Stokes Open Podcast. I'm Ethan Woodworth. Hope to see you guys on the next one. Peace. This podcast will be coming out every 1st and 16th of each month. You can find me at the Stoic Sapling Podcast on YouTube and Spotify. I'll catch you guys on the next one.